Good morning, gentlemen. Hey guys. Good morning, guys. Okay, on Friday, the, the United Auto Workers began a strike against all three of the legacy Detroit car makers, Ford, GM, and Stellantis, which is the company created when Chrysler and Peugeot merged in 2021. This is an unprecedented move as the union has never struck all three simultaneously. Many fear this fight over wages and job security could be a costly and protracted showdown. Ironically, all three stocks rose after the news. So what kind of effect will this have on the economy and the markets? Look, so this is the, the most strikes you've seen now uh, since the year 2000, right? So almost 25 years. Um, unemployment is incredibly low, as we all know. But when you look at, at this strike, uh, you know, 4.1 million days of work was lost last month by strikers. Now, that does include uh, the, the Actors Guild as well. But, you know, the bulk of that is coming uh, from the UAW. So, you know, it's it's going to increase unemployment, obviously, in the short term from very low levels. I think the important things to look at, though, are the inflationary pressures this could cause uh, if the strikes go on longer, right? Because when you look at the autos, you know, uh, in the inflationary data, when you have automobiles measured, uh, that obviously is a, is a large component, large uh, price increase would definitely hurt, especially when you look at the price of cars right now, still selling over MSRP and still having a very tight supply. So uh, this is worrisome from inflationary data. I'm sure the White House, you know, is looking at that. Uh, interestingly enough, Gene Sperling is the acting Secretary of Labor right now, um, and uh, Mr. Sperling did the workouts um, under the Obama administration uh, for uh, saving Chrysler, et cetera. So there are some deep ties uh, that you know really uh, probably want to see a deal worked out. But you know, hey, look, the UAW first wanted forty percent wage increases for workers. Uh, that's a huge number. Uh, you know, both sides were talking in, in the nine to ten percent range, and let's say it goes to fifteen. I don't know, but these these are big numbers, and there's a distance between them. So, uh, an elongated strike would definitely uh, pose some issues to the economy. How many? How much issues would oppose to the economy? Again, I'm worried more about the inflationary data when you do have autos measured in those numbers, uh, and and the unemployment rate, which definitely has some slack in the labor force. It's interesting that a lot of car companies, your non-traditional companies that have made big splashes in the past few years, uh, have less uh, of a unionized workforce. And how does that equate into, especially when you look at some of these companies that are startups uh, producing and, and the roads are filled with those cars? Um, so that that that's something to look into right now as well, and and what the demand is for those electro electric cars. Uh, compared to the traditional big three. So interesting times. Um, I don't think the effect uh, will be this uh, ban on the economy, you know, if this goes on for a one to two month period, um, anything longer than that, you know, that was reminiscent of the early 80s with elongated lockdowns would obviously be very bad, especially for this inflationary data, uh, which which is having a tough time backing off right now as rates continue to rise. Yeah, I mean, you hit on a lot of perfect points, I would say, especially how it pertains and filters back into inflation. And you also have to consider that these strikes largely happen when you do have really a full labor market to look to it. So if you start to see some deterioration beneath the surface in some of the labor market data and economic data, 
this does have the potential to push inflation a little bit higher, which is certainly something that the administration has to watch. But at the same time, they're going to be busy trying to get the budget through. So, you know, and tough to buy these stocks over time, right? When I look at the history of buying automotive stocks, uh, you, again, your traditional big three, right? Boom bust cycles, uh, large healthcare, large pension funds uh, in economic downturns, uh, very tough. Uh, and, and you look at the bankruptcies that you had, obviously, you know, in the 08, 09 period uh, and the time it, it took to, to get out of those, it's, it's very, uh, you know, they, they do resemble uh, big pension funds at times and the, the up and coming startup electronic vehicle makers that don't have those legacy cost centers, uh, their profit margins are just so much higher because of, of not having, um, you know, those, those, those profit, those cost centers. And you workers. Now, when you talk about inflation, there's going to be the workers get the demands that they want. If they get, you know, the rage hikes, that's going to cause inflation in the prices of the cars and that's going to go right to the consumers. What's the inflation you see before, before, while the strike is going on? Well, if you have, you know, a a lot less um, supply out there, uh, as we've seen in the auto market post COVID. Uh, it's drove, driven car prices and truck prices up uh, above the MSRP. So when people, you know, go to buy cars a lot, if the if the inventory is so restrictive, uh, what you have are high numbers paid over the MSRP prices, which is inflationary in itself. And then simultaneously, if you have fewer new cars being produced, remember used cars at one point added two full percentage points to the headline inflation yeah. number. So if you have more yeah, yeah. U- or fewer used cars, geez, fewer new cars being produced, there is the demand for used cars is going to go up, and that's going to push pricing higher. So is that price inflation when there's less supply? Does that mean that the um, big three automakers are going to raise the prices, or auto dealers are going to raise the prices? Not that it matters. I think it would go all, all the way through the line. I mean, what you've seen are incremental increases to the end line. So overall, it's a bad effect on inflation, either before the strike ends or after the strike ends. I mean, look, that would be my major concern, right, is, is that how does this infect the inflationary numbers? Okay. Well, there was also big news in the technology sector last week. The antitrust trial the U.S. Department of Justice brought against Google started and this is a key test of the government's ability to limit the power of technology giants such as Google, Amazon, Apple, and Meta, the new name for Facebook. Lawmakers have long wanted to crack down on the big four tech companies that provide services that shape how consumers live. The government alleges these companies are gatekeepers who use their structural advantages <clears throat> in the online economy to disadvantage competitors and stifle innovation. I just want to say that the ruling in the last tech antitrust trial, which was against Microsoft, came in April 2000, a month after the dot-com bubble peak, and the ruling accelerated the stock market crash that year. In light of this, what do you think will happen this time to the tech sector and the market in general? Well, what's really interesting is that this comes at a time where we've seen a really considerable bounce back in the NASDAQ and the NASDAQ 100, where that's up about 40% year-to-date after having you know, uh, one of the worst years on record last year after it rose pretty considerably for about a decade. Now, this is a situation where these big tech companies do compromise a really significant amount of overall market cap pertaining to the S&P 500. And even beyond that, when you throw NVIDIA in there, 
it's an even larger number now that uh, NVIDIA has a lot of uh, artificial intelligence applications. So it comes during the uh, one of the seasonally weakest periods of the year. Now, this is a really uh, difficult case to really establish precedent on because Google, the word Google is in the dictionary now, right? I mean, that's when you look to search for something. Um, Google does have the best search applications that are out there. So they're obviously going to argue that. And in the past year, Microsoft has done a lot to integrate artificial intelligence into its search applications. So that's got to be something that also needs to be considered in all of this is that this is a rapidly evolving field within the uh, search space now that they're integrating artificial intelligence into all of these applications. Now, the other variable is these companies are spending a really considerable amount of money um, on their artificial intelligence platforms. But as it pertains to these rulings, it's going to establish a pretty significant precedent because these companies have really become so big. And this also could filter back into Amazon and whether Amazon has to spin off AWS from its just brick and, not brick and mortar, but their wholesale retail application. So this does have a significant amount of feedback and flow through into future cases in the future. It's going to be hard to make the argument that uh, Google does have this monopolistic search because consumers can go an additional uh, route to basically choose whatever search engine they want. And that's what Google is going to argue. But at the end of the day, these big tech companies do have a lot of money that they can throw around and a significant amount of influence with very deep pockets. So they do have a massive competitive advantage over just about everybody else. Yeah, look, they they probably uh, do have too much monopolistic power at this moment. Um, they do create a lot of jobs, um, but I, I do think that the EU as well as uh, the US, you know, looking into their extreme power uh, is warranted. I, I think that, uh, you know, you can see it on your own Facebook app. You can see it on your old Google app. Um, sometimes it's a little worrisome. <laughs> well, I think it's, I mean, in addition to, to search, you've got Google Mail, Gmail, and Google Docs and uh, Google Hangouts. But I think the main thing is that um, it's like when uh, Microsoft was putting um, its uh, Explorer on all the computers. Now that they're putting uh, Google <clears throat> and Chrome on all the phones, knocking other competitors out from that so that you're not even giving people a chance well they're not necessarily the default search engine they're putting it on the phones but apple has a lot of control over which search engine that you use on your phone and then simultaneously apple's made we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago considerable changes to the app store to try to drive revenue for themselves so you can make different arguments and obviously like i don't know exactly a lot of the legal background of what they're going to say in this case, but what Phil's point and my point are is that these companies have so much power and so much control. And at some point, there's going to be much more considerable government outreach to try to limit that. Yeah, it's really no different than the advent of the, of the breaking up of Ma Bell, right? Um, you know, at that point. So uh, I'm not arguing for breakups at all. I think these companies are terrific. They've provided us uh, with tons of technology, you know, low to zero costs in some cases. And as a consumer, right, you do have the option to use or not use their products at the end of the day. So, um, you know, I think you, when you make that option, when you make that choice, um, you know, you do go into it knowing uh, that these companies do have monopolistic powers. 
Okay, well, these four companies are probably the most heavily weighted companies in the S&P and the NASDAQ. So that'll bring these indexes down a lot if these companies fall even a little. So what do you think is going to happen to the market? I, I don't think that the government, um, you know, cases against them. Look, to your point earlier with Microsoft in the in the early 2000s, uh, that was a different time. Um, that was, you know, there was outside events as such. I think as these companies mature, uh, hey, you look at ExxonMobil um, and look at their court cases uh, with the feds fighting them for years, uh, really did not affect the stock price that negatively. You're not talking about, you know, big tobacco um, that short term, you know, in the mid 90s, let's say, uh, faced all of, uh, of the pressures and the government wrath and, and had, you know, tough time moving in that period. And then when, you know, they got out of that group, they went back to making money as well. So I don't think that this stock, I don't think that these um, pieces will put that much pressure on these stocks because to Michael's point, you know, you can spin off different divisions uh, and have workarounds and they still have extreme competitive advantage and they are still very wide, you know, in their, in their economic uh, activities to where, you know, the closest competitors are not even around really. So, um, I I wouldn't tie the two together. Uh, I think when you look at court cases and similar, you know, monopolistic practices, they take you know, hundreds of years to break up. Really, uh, it's, it takes quite some time. It's all part of it. Okay, guys, thanks a lot. That was great. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at two question Tuesday dot com, and we'll be back next week.